It is more important now than ever for families to instill the values they want into their children and equip them to make better choices in life. Timeless Truths will inspire you to do just that. Thank you to my friend Daryl Rolark, the recording artist, composer, and producer of this music called Beautiful Soul. Good day, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Timeless Truths. And I am your host, Dr. Christine Van Horn, and today we're going to talk about leadership. And this is episode 15. I just welcome you all to this discussion, and I want you to know this applies to family life and also for work. So the things that we're talking about today, you can apply these in your everyday lives for yourself as well. So why are we discussing leadership? There is a gap in good leadership for the world to follow today. There are many good leaders, but I'm talking about society as a whole. If you were to ask you know, people, including your children, who do they think is a good leader, you might really be surprised at your answers. So go ahead, ask that to your children and see what they say. And ask at work and see what they say. And there's such a more and more increasing need for you to be a good leader in your home and to be a good leader at work and just really solidify who you are as a leader. Without it, without that leadership, we don't have order, we don't have structure, we don't have organization, and we don't have followers. So it means everybody's running around doing their own thing. And uh, that may not be the best thing to be done. There should be a systematic structure. There should be order in your family and in the workplace. Now, I've talked about leadership before, but I want to focus this entire episode on leadership. And that's the main topic. So there's a quote, and I've used this before, but it really applies here. This is John C. Maxwell, and he says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And it will fall if there isn't good leadership or if there's bad leadership that everybody follows. So everything rises and falls on leadership. So why is leadership so important today? Your family needs you. Your work needs you. And then there's a tendency in society as a whole for everybody to do just what they want and not follow anyone who's leading them. And it's kind of like a do-your-own-thing kind of attitude. And you know, I've heard a saying, and it's, it's something like, it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. That is wrong. You need to ask permission. You need to follow a leader and ask for what you should be doing. And otherwise, everybody's just running around doing their own thing. And that's not the way it should go. But we don't have really the most ideal leadership mentors to follow in general for society as a whole. Back, I think, you know, when I was growing up, you know, people could follow President Eisenhower. And before that, when he was in leadership in the military. And there were real leaders that people could follow. And 
it's just not like that today. We're losing governmental leaders whom we should follow because they need to be asking you to follow them for the right reasons and in godly ways. And if we have governmental leaders who are asking you to follow them in things that you know are not in line with what God would want, you don't follow it. You need to follow leadership unless they are asking you to do something outside of what God has said we should do. The wrong type of leaders are really raising up who are leading people astray and and down a wrong pathway. And it's a lot of gray areas, and it's very unclear as to what you should really do. But, you know, we had military leaders, you know, when I was growing up, and some of them went on to be presidents, like I've mentioned, you know, President Eisenhower. There were several leaders that came out of World War II, as an example, that were great to be able to follow. They were leaders and they led for the right reasons and they led us to victory in World War II. But there's so many role models today that if you ask your young people in your life, who's a role model? Maybe they don't understand leadership, but ask them, who's a role model that you would like to be like? And you might be sadly mistaken of some of the answers that they give you. Because people are put out as leaders or people to follow, and they're really not the kind that you want your family to follow. So you need to be really careful. But that's a good dinner table discussion. Who are leaders that you see? And then ask them, who are the people that you would like to be like? You know, who are your role models? Have that discussion with your family. See what they say. You can also ask this at work, you know, over a lunchtime discussion, who do you think our leaders are in society today? Hmm. You may be really surprised at some of the responses that you get. I want to talk about the qualities of a leader. What makes a leader different from a manager or supervisor? Think on that for a moment. Managers or supervisors give direction, and people should follow them. But leaders have followers who willingly follow them in directions. And maybe sometimes those leaders only give those directions once, and the people will follow because they're leaders, and they attract people to listen to the things that they say. Now, managers and supervisors may get some of that, and they may be leaders as well. But a good, strong leader is going to have followers, and they will know what to do, and they will willingly follow them in those directions. And having good character is so key to all of this as well, because these are qualities of good leaders. They need to have high internal standards. They make an effort to do the right thing. They act the same whether someone is watching them or not, they're self-correctors. They practice endurance. They're respectful of others, and they practice self-control. And anyone who's a leader, so say if you read a biography on someone, President Eisenhower or General Patton or someone like that, you're going to see these characteristics come through. And people willingly followed them. Now, what about leadership in your family? At 
in a young age when children are young, they probably don't have the realization of what it takes to be a leader. Although you may start to see some of them have natural leadership tendencies. So they need to learn how to become leaders. And the first way to do it is they need to learn how to follow. They need to follow you. You need to be a leader in the home so that they can follow you and you become that example for them. We need to teach our children what it takes to become a leader the right way. Now, I have given stories of myself in the past when I was young and I was very vocal and I wanted to run everything and be the only one to talk. That's an example of not a good leader. My parents knew how to correct that and get that back in line, and they did. But if your children like to read, point them in the direction of reading biographies of leaders, good leaders. So it's good for them to see what these people did. And there are biographies for children who are maybe in in middle school and junior high. Find some of them for them to read and point them in that direction. Let them study someone who was a good leader. And if children are older, say high school level, there's a great amount of biographies or autobiographies for them to be able to read. Fathers, you need to be leaders in your homes. And if there is no father in the house, then mothers, you need to take over uh, in that role if the father isn't there. But there has to be leadership. It cannot just be children running around chaotically doing whatever they want. There has to be a system, an organization, a structure in the home. And the father or mother, if there isn't a father, needs to take that leadership role. In organization, in business, in your work life, there have to be leaders. And if not, the organization will fail. So if you have a manager or supervisor who is not a leader, it can be very difficult because you want to follow what they say to do and you want to follow the authority that they have. But if they're not leaders, it makes it much more difficult to be able to do. But you still need to be respectful of them if they are not leaders. Because we do everything in our lives as unto the Lord through people. So think of it as you're doing your job for God. And if your leader or super, well, if your supervisor or manager is giving you instructions that you need to follow them because you're doing it as if you were doing it for God. But it makes it so much more difficult on you to be able to do that. But in the home, one of the best things that you can do is to lead and teach your children to follow you. Because people do not know how to become leaders, good leaders, unless they know how to follow. Because otherwise, a leader is not going to know how to draw people in to have them follow him or her. So teach your children to follow you. So as an example, if you say, I need you to make your bed and they don't do it, you need to talk to them again. You need to make your bed and they need to follow those instructions. But do it as teaching them to follow your guidance and not just, here's a task, go do it, get it done, and it's over. But teach them to follow you. You're doing, you can maybe tell them, I need you to make your bed because when you come home from school, you walk into your room and it's clean and you will feel better. 
And there's ways that you can lead and guide them into getting those tasks done like that. And the father, you're the overall leader in your home and you're accountable to God for it. So if there are things in your home that are not working, that is your responsibility. And just think, you are accountable to God for doing that. So if there isn't the father in the home, as I mentioned, the mothers really need to take over that role. But think of all these things that you do within your family as doing it for God. He gave you your children so you could be stewards over their lives. That means you need to lead them. You need to guide them. And they need to learn how to follow. And that might take a little doing to get your children to learn how to follow you. Because when they learn to follow you, they're going to do it willingly. And that is just something that is part of the family structure you really need to be able to do. And then it's easier to teach them all the values, all the family good values that you want them to learn. In episodes 11 and 12, I talked about being a mentor. And in episode 13, I talked about being an example. And you can go back and listen to them again to really focus on what should you be doing to be that leader. Now, how about being a leader at work? So you might be a supervisor or manager, or you might just be one of the general workforce. If you're one of the general workforce, you can be a leader because what you do is you listen to what the manager or supervisor, your boss, what do they say to do? You do it. You set the tone. You set the example. You do what needs to be done so that your fellow workers can follow you in doing the tasks that you've been asked to do. You can be a leader without being that supervisor or manager just by how well you follow instruction, and you can do that. You want people to be able to follow you, and they will do that. If you just do your job well, you're going to see that people are going to start following you in doing that. And if you are a supervisor, strive to be a leader. Be willing to do everything you ask under your authority to do. And this was my personal code of ethics for being a leader. Nobody told me that. It was just something I felt I needed to do. So when I had people who were following my instructions, I needed to show them how to do it, or I needed to do it with them till they understood what needed to be done, or I just did it with them. So it set a good example. And if you're talking about the business world, something you can do is read biographies of leaders and godly people who write about leadership. And there are several, and I will give you some information on some of those books. Read biographies of leaders and godly people who write about leadership. And some examples are John C. Maxwell, who I've mentioned already, Rick Renner and Mike Murdoch, and I'm going to give you some information on some of those books that you can take a look at. But it's important as Christians, we want to be Christian leaders, which means we need to follow biblical values. We are doing our work as unto the Lord, and we're doing it through people. But we need to do what God would want us to do, and that means following biblical values. To read and study the Word of God in the Bible so you know 
what those biblical values are. Study other Christian leaders. Ask God in prayer to show you how to do it. The Holy Spirit will guide you. If you ask for wisdom, you will receive it. The Bible says that. So what if you want to improve your leadership? What do you do? John C. Maxwell, who I have explained, is a speaker and author and motivational speaker. He says there are three types of leaders. One is a leading leader. That means they were born with leadership qualities. That's kind of like me when I wanted to just take over everything as a little kid. I was born with leadership qualities. They had to be harnessed. They had to be channeled in the right direction. But some people are really just born with those leadership qualities. It needs to be modeled throughout their lives. And they have to learn self-discipline. My parents could take me so far, but then I needed to learn self-discipline and to be able to, to be that leader that God called me to. The second category is a learned leader. And that's someone who sees leadership in their lives and they learn it through training. It could be training from their parents. It could be training from mentors at work, taking leadership courses and taking it seriously. But they learn how to do it. And it's learned through training. Uh, And they also have to exercise self-discipline. And you'll see that in the third category too. All of this, if you're a leader, it takes self-discipline. So if that's something that you might be struggling with, study self-discipline. And the third category is a latent leader. And it's someone who has recently seen a leadership model. An example might be someone at work and as a part of a requirement to go into a new management position, they need to take a leadership course and they are just sent to leadership training. And they're like, wow, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. And they're learning, trying to figure out how to be able to do this. And it's something new to them. It's learned through training, but it takes self-discipline. We just keep coming back to that self-discipline. It's a real key ingredient of leadership. You need to hold yourself to certain standards. So whether it comes naturally, you've seen it, you know, leadership most of your life, or you've just learned it from a training class, you need to discipline yourself to be able to do the right things to be that leader and not to switch over to a category of just telling people what to do. That isn't being a leader. So how can you improve your leadership? Say you have viewed yourself as a leader or maybe a young leader or maybe you want to become a leader. What do you do? You can take a good leadership course. There are many in the secular world. There are many in the business world. There's many in the Christian world. Find and take a good leadership course. It could be online. It could be in person. If you're at work, they may have suggestions for different programs that they honor you to take. And so look, is there a leadership course that you can take? You might surprise your supervisors if they know that you want to take a leadership course. 
I'll bet they'll be pleasantly surprised that you want to do that because then they know you want to improve your life and you want to improve your work environment and that you're serious about your work. You can also read a book on leadership. And there are several books that I am going to talk about here. And the first one is Developing the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell. If you're looking at this teaching, you can see what the cover looks like, but otherwise it's Develop the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell. Another one is The Leadership Secrets of Jesus by Mike Murdoch. Another one is Insights on Successful Leadership by Rick Renner. And one more I'm going to show you, and it's called The 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader by John C. Maxwell. So you can also read the biography of a leader. President Eisenhower is a good example. Uh, World War II military leaders. That's something else you can do. And read books like that. You can also find a leader and ask them to mentor you. And they will do that. I'm sure they will, because leaders want to pass along leadership qualities and develop leaders. They want to do that. And so look look for someone who is a leader and ask them to mentor you. Study what your boss wants you to do at work. Learn more than you need to. So if, as an example, you operate some piece of equipment, ask to learn can I repair this? If you are working at a computer and you are writing different material, ask your boss, what can I do to learn more how to do this? How can I learn how to use these programs? Just something that goes beyond what you are asked to do. And then whatever you learn, do it to the best of your ability so that your fellow workers see you're doing things that are above and beyond what you've been asked to do. You can also read the Bible. Look up scriptures on leadership and read about godly leaders in the Bible. So I'm going to talk to you about these books that I have told you about. So the first one is called Developing the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell. This book is in a workbook format, and it can apply to your family and to work. And he defines leadership in the the chapter titles that he has. So I'm going to go through a couple of these with you. So these are his chapter titles. So if this is something that speaks to you, these are the things that are covered in this book. So the first one is a definition of leadership, and he defines it with the word influence. And we've talked about influence before, but the definition of a leader is someone who has the ability to influence others. The next one is the key to leadership is priorities. That's how to set your priorities in order. His next chapter is the most important ingredient of leadership, integrity. Being a person of integrity is really critical to becoming a good leader. The next is the ultimate test of leadership, creating positive change. You know, whether it's in your family or in your work life, 
change can be really difficult, but turning it into the positive, that's a test of leadership. And even if you are a fellow worker and you and your peers have been asked to do something different, and that's a change in your organization, create it as positive. Show them how to do it in a positive way. Creating positive change, and you will be a leader, and you don't have to be that manager or supervisor, but your leadership will come through, and it'll catch the note of those who are your supervisors. The quickest way to gain leadership is problem solving. You can be in a regular work environment and your organization faces some unusual problem. Think about it. Go to the Lord in prayer. What can I do to solve this problem for our organization? Think it through clearly. Now, you might want to go online and take a quick study course on problem solving. There are specific steps to problem solving. But if you have a solution to a problem at work, bring it forward. That's a sign of leadership, and it may just solve everything in your work. It might be something that changes how your work environment is. And you can do it for your children as well. I have actually taught how to teach problem solving to children in easy steps. But you can go online and just follow what it's like for doing problem solving. And you know what? You could even go to your own work. Ask your your managers, is there a course that I can take on problem solving? And there are so many good programs and many work environments have specific training courses or programs or organizations they like to work with. You might be able to take a course on problem solving And wow, that sets a tone for those that you work for. They know there's a leader within you. If you want to solve problems, if you want to change things, if you show integrity, this tells them that a leader is within you. And then his next chapter is the extra plus in leadership is attitude. You cannot be a good leader with a poor attitude. If you have a poor attitude, people are not going to follow and then you're not a leader. You need a good attitude. His next chapter is developing your most appreciable asset, people. You have to help people. You have to help them reach their goals. You have to have them see what their potentials are. So whether you are a manager, supervisor, or not, think of people as the most appreciable asset. The indispensable quality of leadership is another one of his chapter titles, and he lists it as vision. Your boss might be looking to do something and call a team together to solve a problem. And if your boss knows you've got vision, you might be on that team. You can create vision within your family as well and create something called a vision board. A vision board is something that you put up that shows where you want to go, what you want to do, things you want to have where you want to be. And this is a good idea for you to do for yourself to learn how to do it and then to do it with your family. So on a vision board, as an example, if you want to have a college degree, you might 
put up a diploma. If you want to have a new position, show yourself, you know, just a picture of a person standing in a business suit. Or, and you put these things on a board. It can even be just a single page in a PowerPoint presentation. And that's something that I did recently is I had new visions and I wanted to have a new vision board. And that's what I did. But you can actually have it as like a whiteboard that you put somewhere in your house and your family puts on there. What is their vision for the family? It could be a bigger house. It could be a new car. It could be focused on education. It could be any of those things, but draw it on there or clip pictures out of magazines and put it on a poster board. That's creating a vision board. And a great thing you, you can do with your family and just one of your times where you're sitting together and, and you're talking and say, where do we want to be in five years? What do we want in our lives next year? Whatever it is, whatever time frame it is, put up pictures or have your kids draw pictures and put it up there. And every once in a while, go to that vision board and say, what are we doing to create this vision? What are we doing to accomplish these things? Is this still our vision? Something that you can do. And you can go online and look up vision board and you can get some creative ideas of how you can do it. But that's part of being a leader, creating the vision. The price tag of leadership is self-discipline. And I've talked about that before. Leadership requires self-discipline. And that means you hold yourself to specific standards. You are going to be watched. You can't be a good leader if you're not doing things that you ask the people who work for you to do. You have to walk the line. You have to discipline yourself. You need to stay true to the things you ask of others. And another chapter of his says, the most important lesson of leadership is staff development, or it applies to family development. What are you doing to develop your family? Are they wanting to go further in things? Do they have a specific sport? Or do they have an interest in things like writing? I did. And my parents really guided me in that direction. And I became a writer. Your children don't have to become writers, but if whatever, ask them what interests them and help develop it for them. And if you're a leader at work, have this discussion with your staff. What is it that you would like to do? What would you like to learn? How would you like to grow? And then send them to training classes. Help them to do it. Give them tasks in which they can let those desires flourish. Give them opportunities. And these are a couple of quotes out of his book. One says, integrity means living it myself before leading others. And a self-discipline. You need to live it first before you lead others. And another is, the leader must develop a trust with others. People will not follow you if they don't trust you. Let me go to another one of his books. And this, again, is John C. Maxwell. And it is the book called The 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. And I'm going to read through his chapter titles. And that's going to tell you what his qualities are. 
So listen to these words. And each one of these has a subtitle, but I'm just going to read the main main words that are in each of these 21 chapters. Character, charisma, commitment, communication, competence, courage, discernment, focus, generosity, initiative, listening, passion, positive attitude, problem solving, relationships, responsibility, security, self-discipline, servanthood, teachability, and vision. If any of these or all of these speak to you, please pick up this book, John C. Maxwell, The 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. It's not that big of a book, but it is power-packed. Now, a couple of the things that he said in here that I just wanted to pull out for you. He said, divided focus always works against you. You need to be focused on what quality you are studying. And of these 21 qualities, if you choose that this is a book you'd like to follow, do them one at a time. Don't try to do everything at once. Read through there, and you don't need to read the chapters in order. If there's something that really speaks to you, find out what it is and then focus on it. Don't try to focus on everything at once, but just focus on one thing, master it, and then move on to the next. He also said, of all the things a leader should fear, complacency should head the list. You know, we don't want to be complacent in our lives. And being a leader, if people see that you're not really caring too much about the things that you're saying, they're not going to follow you, and you won't be a leader. And he also says, nothing can take the place of passion in a leader's life. If people work for you or your family sees it, that you have passion about something that you want to accomplish or something you want the organization to do or some place you want to build your family life to be, they need to see that passion in you to be able to do that. Another book is Insights on Successful Leadership by Rick Renner. And the subtitle on this book says a lot. Helpful advice for those who are leaders and for those who long to become leaders. And this book is easy to read and it's filled with a commentary to talk about a phase of leadership and then a scripture to accompany it. So if you want to look at leadership from a Christian standpoint, even though this book is not a big, thick book, Highly recommended on some of the things that he says in here. Let me read you a couple of his quotes. Leadership is not convenient. If you think you want to be a leader and it's going to be a convenient thing, it's not. Why? You need self-discipline. You need to be doing the right thing all the time in front of people. It is not convenient. You might need to stay late to get a task completed because you told all of your the people that work for you, this is important. We need to get it done by the end of the day. And you need to uphold your end of that as well. Another quote of his, everyone feels afraid to step out and do something new. So a leader must be able to impart enough confidence to people to cause them to take that next bold step of faith. 
Very, very good. So these are are really tied to different scriptural references and extremely good to follow. So a couple of the scriptures from his book, I'm going to give you this, uh, two of them actually, I'm, I'm going to read here. One says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things he has done in his body, whether good or bad. And this is 2 Corinthians 5.10. We all are accountable to God. We're going to appear before the judgment seat for everything that we have done, whether it's good or bad. You need to be a good leader and lead people the way God would want you to. And another quote of his says, regardless of whether times are good or bad, that is your post, your place of responsibility. So dig in, take a firm stand, and resolve that you are going to be faithful. That's 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. And wherever you're at, you can be a leader wherever you're at. That's what he's saying. Whatever your post is, whatever your place of responsibility is, just dig in. Take a firm stand and resolve that you're going to be faithful at it. And then you can be promoted or God can use you in greater and greater ways. And there's one more book I want to discuss, and this is called The Leadership Secrets of Jesus by Mike Murdoch. And he's got 58 leadership secrets that are explained in here. And I'm just going to read you some of the titles in his book because there's 58 of them. I'm not going to go through all of these, but some of these are really important. So these are the leadership secrets of Jesus. So it's explaining what Jesus did and how you can apply those same characteristics in your life. Jesus was a problem solver. People really needed him to be a problem solver. People need you to be a problem solver too, whether at home, whether you're at an entry-level job, whether you're a supervisor or a leader, whatever you are, you need to be a problem solver wherever God has placed you at this moment in time. Jesus took time to plan. Champions plan. You need to be a planner. Learn how to take a class on planning if you don't know how to do that. Keep a day planner. Keep a day planner. Leaders need to plan. Jesus had something others needed. He was a restorer. He repaired things. And you can do that, too. People need that. Jesus was willing to go where he had never been before. And this can refer to a geographical location, or it could be at work. Maybe you just thought yourself as, as a regular worker at work, and all of a sudden, you feel like the Lord's preparing you to become a leader, a godly manager who has leadership qualities. That's taking you somewhere where you haven't been before, and you need to be willing to be able to do that. Jesus understood timing and preparation, and that means he knew things had to be done at a specific time and that he was not to rush things. Jesus respected authority, so you too need to respect the authority over you. You might not agree with everything that your supervisors are asking you to do, but you need to respect their authority. You can go to them and ask questions. You don't question what they're doing, but you can ask questions. There's very respectful ways that you can do things like that. And that might even 
open their inclination to see the leadership qualities in you. Jesus educated those he mentored because he knew that if you teach people, people are going to remember those things and you need to do the same thing. You could just have a group of peers that you are working with and you can teach them what you know, show them the things you know how to do, teach people. Jesus was a tomorrow thinker. He knew everything that pointed to the future and you should be the same. Your focus should not be Okay, we've got break time in an hour. Let's see what I can do here before an hour. No, it should be, what do I need to accomplish this day? I've written those things down in my planner, and I've got the first one accomplished, and now I am on to task two. And I need to get this one, this one today, and no, maybe I'll move this one to tomorrow because I can more effectively fit it into schedule. You need to be thinking about things like that. Be a tomorrow thinker. Jesus knew when you want something you have never had, you have to do something you have never done. This is important, and I'm going to read it again. Jesus knew when you want something you have never had, you have to do something you have never done. An example would be if you really want a promotion at work, what are you going to do to earn that promotion at work? You have to do something you've never done. Or if you are given that position, it comes with learning. It comes with study. It comes with learning to do something that you have never done before. Another one is Jesus set specific goals. He had a purpose and he had a mission. What are your goals? What are your goals in life? For your family? For your work? Think about that. Put them in your journal. What is your purpose? What is your mission? What are your goals? What are your goals for this week, this month, this year, five years, 10 years? These are things that you really need to be thinking on to to be a, a strong leader. Jesus knew the power of habit. Jesus knew that if he went every day and prayed to his father, he would get direction. What are your habits? The habits that you have are so important to being a leader. Jesus carefully guarded his personal schedule. What is your daily agenda? What have you set before your life for what it is? Jesus stayed in the center of his expertise. Do what you do best. If God has put you in a certain place, do it to the best of your ability. Promotion will come, but just do what your expertise is, and do it well. There's so many others that are in this book, but this gives you an idea of what's really in this book, The Leadership Secrets of Jesus by Mike Murdoch. If you want to do things and look at it from a biblical standpoint, this is a great book to be able to do that with. A couple quotes from his book, and then I want to give you a couple Bible verses as well. Here's a couple quotes. You were created to change somebody. Okay, so ask yourself, who's the somebody I was created to change? Who's the somebody that I was created to have an impact in their life? Ask God, ask him, but find it and do it. And another quote is, somebody needs something you possess. It could be some knowledge that you have. You might have a special skill 
Somebody needs that. Look for who can you train? Who can you teach that to? What do you know that your children need to know? Maybe you know how to plan. Teach them how to plan. If they're older, get them a day planner. If they're younger, just a calendar. Mark what days they're off from school, what days they have sports, or what days they have a scouting activity, or what are your family vacations. Do it on the calendar. Have it in their room. And then they will know to start planning. Really good. Some biblical verses. This is Isaiah 6, chapter 6, verse 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, Lord, send me. You know what? Let that be a cry of your heart. Send me, Lord. But then you need to know, where does he want to send you? What does he want to send you for? Seek the Lord for all those things. Here's another quote. This is Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And one more. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser. Teach a wise man, and he will increase in learning. Proverbs 9, 9. I just want to encourage you. You can do this. You can become a better leader, whether it's at work or in your home or you can, or both, or both. You can become a better leader. God wants you to succeed as a leader. Just, you know, pick up these books, listen to this podcast again and again. Just whatever you need to do, seek the Lord with all of your heart. Lord, where do you want me to be a leader? Show me how to do this. In fact, let me pray for you right now. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone who has been listening, who has a cry on their heart to become a leader, I ask that you show them what they need to do. Open the doors that need to be opened. Close the doors that need to be closed. Point them in your direction. Point them in the way that they should go. Let your word be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. Let them study the word and let the word come alive in their lives. Let their answers be there. Just give them the wisdom that they need in your still, small voice. Speak to them, Lord. The world needs leaders. The family needs leaders. Good, godly, strong leaders in the home and at work and in the world. Whatever it is, Lord, whatever you have called them to lead, just Point them in the right direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. And just ask the Lord. Seek him in prayer yourself. Lord, where do you want me to lead? Where do you want me to study? What are my strengths? What strengths do I need to build? Ask him. Write the answers in your journal. Follow after the Lord's heart. And he will tell you. He will show you. Just, we need to be leaders. There is such a lack of leadership, good, godly leadership in the world today. It may be the classroom that you teach. You can be more than a teacher. You can be a leader, a good, godly leader. If you're a teacher, your hands may be tied on so many things, 
but you can lead in a godly way. You can be that example. You can teach by that example. Be a godly leader. Let your students watch what you do. Let them follow what you do. Let it be like that in the home, at work, or in the outside world. You can be a leader at a store. You could be a leader at a store. You could see something and see it not right. You could pick up things from the floor and put them where they belong. Have people follow the things that you do, whether it be to encourage them to study the Word of God every day or whether it be whatever it is. You know, pray to God. Have Him show you where you need to become better, stronger, godly, more godly leader. And wait till the Lord opens the doors for you. Because he needs leaders in this world. He needs good, strong Christian leaders who are godly, who follow the word of God. You don't have to say what the word of God is, maybe in the environment that you're in, like a classroom, and you can't say that. But you can show it. You can say it without saying, and this is in the book of Proverbs, no, you can you can paraphrase. You can teach. There's so many ways you can lead where you think you, your hands may be tied. But you know what? I'm, I'm speaking to somebody today because I didn't plan to talk through this, but it's prophetic. God is looking for leaders. He's looking for leaders. You're one of those leaders. Ask him, where do I need to lead? Where do I need to encourage people to follow? Just Speak out to him, pray to him, ask him for those answers. Wherever it is, he will call you. He will open up doors. He'll point you in the right direction. And when you step into that new thing that he has called you to do, act in a godly fashion. Read the word of God every day. Please read the word of God every day. Study the word Turn on praise and worship. Do you know that there are good, godly Christian radio stations almost everywhere? Listen to them. That's leadership. You're going to hear things in a song. God's going to give you a phrase or a word that applies to your life through song. So many times I have listened to a song on the Christian radio station that I primarily listen to. God will speak to me through a song. Look for those rather than just secular music, you know, pretty soon your children are going to be coming leaders themselves, and they're going to start following you. Sing these songs with your children. Teach them godly things. You know, and a good way to do that is through music. Young children today can listen to good Christian radio stations. They're not all gospel music. They are songs for today, songs that will speak to their heart, songs that they can sing. Please turn on a Christian radio station. You know, there's even an app you can get on your phone, and and I have it, and I think it's something that where you can find Christian radio stations. So if you don't know where there is one, turn that on and look for that app and turn it on, and you should be able to find that. And let me see. If I can find that app on my phone right now, because I actually have it on my phone, and it's a way that you can find Christian radio stations, Christian FM. It's just called Christian FM. 
and it will pop up with the radio stations in your area. And it gives me three of them in the area that I live in, Southwest Chicago. And uh, that's what I listen to. I find my radio stations. I listen in the Southwest suburbs. I listen to 104.7 Family Friendly WBGL. And that's my Christian radio station. And there are songs that your family can sing. You watch what you put on television. You can't be a good godly leader if you allow things that are not godly on television. Watch what your children are watching. Be careful about the things that they see. Lead them into godliness. Lead them to seek after the Lord. Lead them to want to pray, want to go to church. I teach in children's church. Teach them there's children's church. They can learn about God with children their age. Find a good children's church. Lead your family into godliness. The world is becoming darker and grayer and This is a good area for leadership in your family. Follow what God wants you to do. Follow what God wants you to do. And Lord, I just ask that you bless all the words that I have said today. Let this speak to the people who are listening and guide them into godly leadership. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today and wishing you all a blessed week. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Timeless Truths podcast with me, Dr. Christine Van Horn. I hope that you have been inspired and have found this discussion helpful in guiding your family. Please check out my website at drchris.co for additional resources or contact me at chris at drchris.co. See you next week.